everybody. This is John with Out of Character, and today I wanted to talk about uh, a kind of a design aspect to certain characters, which is characters that have cybernetic implants or uh, cybernetic enhancements or whatever you want to call them. I wrote up a quick list before I started just to kind of run through like what I mean. So you have like characters like Arsenal from Young Justice, who he had one of his arms was taken and he had a cool LexCorp advanced, like, super arm. Uh, you have, like, Luke Skywalker, who, you know, he loses his hand, and he gets a rope, uh, cybernetic hand. Misty Knight from Marvel Comics. Uh, Cyborg from DC Comics. Cable from Marvel. Uh, also, Forge, who is one of the X-Men from the Marvel Comics. You could also, like, go with, like, uh, Seven of Nine or any kind of, like, Borg characters, or uh, even, like, Jordy LaForge, because he has the visor that's, like, you know, allows him to see... Or uh, if you want to look at anime, there's like a million cyborgs in anime, but like uh, Android 18, for example, is... Uh, so basically, characters... The, the thing is, there's robots, there's androids, and there's cyborgs. Robots are things that don't look or pretend, even vaguely pretend to be human. So uh, basically, like, you know, robot arms that assemble cars would be a robot. Androids are things that have no biological components, but look human or approximate human appearance in some way, shape, or form. And cyborgs are things that have human, have organic and inorganic components. In your game, you may, especially depending on the setting, like superhero games, science fiction games, like in the Star Trek universe and Star Wars universe, and just, you know, any any kind of, like, game system like that, it seems like those are the most likely ones. You don't see it so much in fantasy. Like, if you're playing, like, Heroes of Umdar or something like that, where it's kind of like fantasy magic tech, you'll have characters who, like, might, like, have, like, uh, like, He-Man-esque characters who have, like, I lost my hand, but I have this cool new one that is, like, hooked up to a chain in my arm, my forearm, and I just throw it at things and break shit. This is more focused on, like, superhero games and science fiction than, like, D&D. You don't usually see D&D characters with, like, I mean, I guess there's nothing stopping characters from having, like, you know, magic, magic, robotic arms and legs and stuff, but it's just, it, it's more uncommon. I would think that would be something you would see in, like, a, a more techie setting, like, maybe, like, Eperon or uh, something like that. But for me, I love when characters do this stuff, because usually when a character is harmed in some way, or uh, they have a... It's something for them to overcome. Some characters may you have... Maybe that's part of your character's story, is, like, you have characters like Daredevil. Daredevil is blind. But he has other senses that allow him to cope with that. And I love that because it lets people who are blind feel like, you know, like, oh, well, I don't have Daredevil super senses, but there's a, there's a superhero who's blind. There's a Dr. Midnight who is also, I think he's also blind. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember how, how his powers exactly work. Maybe you decide, like, well, my character is, you know, I'm playing Luke Skywalker as a player character and he gets his hand chopped off. What does that mean for my character? I've run a few games where similar things have happened. In Star Wars Saga Edition, they have a really cool mechanic for Force-sensitive characters, so like Jedi and Sith characters. You can lose limbs. You can lose your arms, your legs, what have you, and get them replaced uh, with cybernetic implants. The trick is, in that setting, it like makes you less able to utilize the Force. So I know some people are probably going to hear that and be like, no, but Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and it, it just, I always liked that because it's like part of you is cut off from the force. You, you have less of a connection to the force because there's less of you. You know, you're, you, you having that implant somehow has changed your connection with the force. 
Now, of course, that when you're like Luke Skywalker, when you're a Skywalker, you don't care. You're just like, whatever, I'll lift that thing and do all the Jedi stuff. But, you know, I always like that idea of like characters who have Force-sensitive powers who, like, you know, it's like, oh, well, I got my arm chopped off in this duel with an Inquisitor, I'll get a new one, and it's like, it's harder for you to use the Force now in the same way that you did before, you have to kind of overcome that. But yeah, like, I love stuff like that because, like, you can do so much with just the story of how that character came to have that problem. Any of the characters in like, Robocop, for God's sake, uh, is, the, is a great example of a cyborg. You have, like, kind of like a couple of subsections, so there are some characters who might have chosen to become what they are. I can't think of any, to be honest with you. Like, for me, characters who choose to become cyborgs, like, um, they, they tend to be bad guys. They tend to be, like, people who are just desperate to get power and, or, or they're, they're, they're transformed in an accident, but they weren't very nice people to begin with. Whereas the heroic characters tend to, usually something bad happened to them and it put them on the path to needing that in order to function or needing that in order to survive. Like you have Cyborg who the traditional Cyborg origin story from DC Comics is Cyborg is involved in a major accident. If it's the new 52, he basically gets blown up by apocalypse tech. Uh, in the older comics, I forget, I think like they, his dad invented some kind of machine that brought basically Cyborg's bad in, indirectly causes him to suffer major trauma and then he builds him this big tech body that allows him to function and survive. It also gives him superpowers, so hey, great. But he hates it. He's tortured by it. It's something that he keeps coming back to. He's like, I'm, I'm not human, or I'm not entirely human. I, I'm, you know, I, I want, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. And even though it gives me all these great powers and things, and I can help people, I'm tortured by my own body. Uh, so it's kind of, it's just an interesting thing to look at, like, okay, these characters aren't necessarily like, woohoo, I have a robotic arm. Don't get me wrong. You know, yeah, there's be cool things about having, like, a, a, a future tech robot arm that, like, is like, you know, go-go gadget arm, and you can reach over and grab stuff. But at the same time, you have characters like, uh, okay, I would say, so you have your characters who chose that, you have characters who an accident occurs, and, or, you know, they're injured in some way, and they have to undergo some kind of procedure to function. And maybe you have characters who choose that path, like Arsenal kind of went off on a mission to kill Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor offered him this tech arm to basically compensate him. If you watch the Young Justice cartoon series, sorry. You know, Misty Knight, she got her her robot arm from um, Iron Man. Tony Stark hooked her up with that. I always like those characters. They're interesting, and you can do a lot with kind of how their stories work. And then to me, characters who kind of blunt, like, straight robot characters to me are less interesting than cyborgs. I always feel like there's a cool kind of dynamic to it. And people are like, you know, they, they you know, they, they have like these cool little, uh, tricks and gadgets and things. They tend to be the characters who come in and get things done. Like guys like, uh, like Cable. When Cable shows up, He's usually, you know, he's got, he's got the cool robot arm. He's got the, uh, you know, the, I, I think he has a robot eye too now. Who knows with Cable? He's always, cha- they're always changing what he's got. But, you know, he's somebody who comes in, does cool stuff, and is a, I, you, you could definitely have a lot of fun playing a character like Cable. But I, I struggle to think of an android, at, like of a, a cyborg character that I wouldn't be like, oh, you can be Jordy LaForge. I'm like, I can be a cyborg engineer who is really good at, like, fixing everything and, like, coming up with these crazy 
devices to save the day, and it's like, awesome, I'll, I'll jump at the chance to do that. I also think that kind of, when you're thinking about doing that, if you're doing a Star Wars game and, you know, you have lightsabers and stuff waving around, you're like, there's the potential for limbs to be lost. It's a great moment of story for your characters to be like, okay, this, like, okay, um, Empire Strikes Back, you know, Luke loses his hand because Vader takes it. He just, you know, we see Luke recovering and, you know, you see him getting the new hand hooked up, but we don't really see, like, his recovery period. Oh, I mean, maybe in a comic or, a, you know, one of the expanded universe things, we might have seen more of that, but you don't really see, like, in film, Luke getting used to having a robotic hand. So it could be a cool moment for your character to come to the realization that's like, okay, you lost some part of you in, like, a big fight, or, you know, this is going to be a moment of, of great role play for your character. And then you have this cool dynamic between that character, your your player character, and whatever NPC did that. If you basically put, you know, Aquaman lost his hand for a while, he had a hook hand. That was really, I kind of missed the hook hand, because he could, like, shoot grappling hooks out of it and stuff, and it was kind of cool. But, you know, in depending on the universe, basically, a supervillain took his hand, depending on which version of Aquaman we're talking about. In one version, I like—I always like the Justice League version, the, the animated series where he saves his son's life by crushing his own hand, by basically ripping his own hand off so he can save him. I'm like, that's awesome. Aquaman cut his hand off with his belt buckle to save his son's life. And, you know, it's just like, oh my god, Aquaman, that's dark. That tells you something about that character. It's like, that's the lengths this character's willing to go to to save the people who are near and dear to him. You know, maybe it's an ongoing thing of, like, animosity. Like, you're, like, a character like Cyborg. It's like you're estranged from your father because you're trapped in... Yes, he saved your life, but you're trapped in this body that you resent, and you don't want it, and you didn't ask for it, and now it's it's what you have to live with. Uh, you know, maybe you're a character playing, like, Seven of Nine, who... You know, you were part of, you know, the Borg abducted Seven of Nine when she's a kid, and they assimilated her, and that was the life she knew. Maybe that's, maybe maybe being, like, a cybernetic organism is just the natural state to you, and you've had to adapt to being around people who aren't cybernetically enhanced. Maybe you're from a world where everyone's cybernetically enhanced to some degree, and being in a world where not everyone is, is really strange to you. Like, you're used to being able to communicate with everyone telepathically, through, you know, the cybernetic links you all have, and you can't do that anymore. So you have to, like, actually verbally communicate with people. I feel like the the, the strongest thing is, is, like, there's a lot of story elements that you can tie to that. Uh, you know, like, your character may want revenge. Maybe your character, like, you know, Luke Skywalker is so angry because, you know, he's like, my dad cut off my hand. I just found out Darth Vader is my dad, and I'm going to, like, you know, I'm going to go on a revenge quest, you know, and, like, you have, like, a cool, like, space battle between, like, you know, Luke and an X-Wing and uh, Darth Vader and his his, tie, his modified TIE fighter duking it out, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of, like, give him a moment to, like, that you could have taken your revenge, you could have killed Darth Vader, but you chose another path. Or maybe he kills Darth Vader in your universe, and, like, that sets him on the path to the dark side, or changes the outcome of what else might come out of your game. You know, I, I look at it like this. I feel like it's something that when it happens, everyone's going to be like, oh man, that was that's insane. You just had something like that happen to you. 
And, like, it's going to drive your character's story for a while. But I feel like it also is something that kind of becomes commonplace. And almost, like, after a while, it just becomes an accepted part of your character. I do also think it can definitely be a great origin story for, like, you know, well, my character is this. This is just normal to my character. This isn't something that happened to him. It's not something they see as, you know, strange or in, or unusual. This is just my character. And this is how they're they've always been, as far as they can remember. If you're looking for a game that allows you to play, like, a lot of great cyborgs, Mutants and Masterminds is fantastic if you're doing superhero games. I think uh, Fate Core is really, really good for that as well. As I said, I think Star Wars Saga is the best version of Star Wars to try to do something like that in. I love the Marvel Heroic role-playing game as well. That's really fun. I mean, there's not really... I can't really think of a system that doesn't allow you to have that sort of thing going on, except, like, fantasy games, because, again... That's just not the norm there, so that might take a bit of tinkering. But yeah, I, I'd love to see like a fantasy game with like something like that, but I, I just don't, I can't really think of one. So anyway, just wanted to kind of share some of those thoughts that I was having. I, I like every character that I named on this list, I really like and I enjoy in uh, the universes that they appear in. And I think that it's always kind of interesting to have those characters. You can have these characters who, like, uh, in Mar- in the Marvel Universe, maybe, uh, where you have, like, Forge. Forge is a guy who his power is he can basically build anything that he can think of. He has a robotic leg, and he, you know, is constantly coming, you know, oh, Magneto shows up and just, like, takes Forge's leg off. But Forge is, Forge is not someone who's just going to lay down and let Magneto do that. He's going to figure out some way to get around that. Because, you know, and that's that's the great thing about player characters. You can overcome adversity like that and still save the day. So I think it's a powerful message for people as players and as their characters to tell really dynamic, interesting stories that I think a lot of people in our world can relate to. So... Uh, I hope this was interesting to some of you. I'm sorry it wasn't an actual play podcast. We're probably not going to record anything else the rest of the year as far as, like, actual plays. So the next few podcasts are going to be me talking, maybe doing some reviews. Sorry if that's not what you all are into, but that's what we got to do. We will be getting into more Lamplighter stuff. We will be getting into our Adventures in Middle-Earth campaign and our superhero game, which will be our three ongoing mainstays going forward. Uh, we have some other things that we're tinkering with the idea of doing, but those are the three things we're, our big projects we're working on. So until next time, everybody, thanks for listening with Out of Character and play lots of games, be safe and have fun. Bye.